Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special set of episodes for Art Drama Llama called the Llama Exclusive. We will still look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities, but we will also cover current events or interesting things that are happening in the art world right now. My name is Manchi. I'm Vartika. And I'm Sianja. And today we're going to look beyond Badger's being secret treasure hunters. Ooh. You know, I've always so, heard of the truffle hunters, but I haven't heard of the badger hunters. <laughs> so you mean like the animal, right? Not like some name for some profession. Yeah, I mean the hunter. I mean, sorry, the animals. Badgers okay. like the animals. I don't know why, but when I read your title at first, I was like... She can't mean by animal. But okay, I'm ready for this ride. <laughs> okay, so what happened was there was a badger in Spain and these archaeologists were kind of following around. So it led the archaeologists to a hoard of more than 200 Roman coins that it had been hidden in a cave in Spain for centuries. So this animal had burrowed into a crack in the rock inside the La Cuesta cave in the Asturias region of northwest Spain, and it dug out coins that were later discovered by a local man named Roberto Garcia. Garcia called in the archaeologists, including dig director Alfonso Fanjul, who believed that the badger was either searching food or digging itself a nest. And the dig director Fanjul said, when we arrived, we found that the hole, the hole that led to the badger's nest and the ground around it were full of coins. He also added that more than 90 coins had already been dug up by the badger. So then he and his team performed an archaeological expedition that recovered a total of 209 coins that dated from 280 to 480, so a whole span of 200 years. And this time period is was the late Roman time period, which is when barbarians such as the Suebi arrived in the Iberian Peninsula. The Iberian Peninsula is, or the Iberian Peninsula consists of Portugal and Spain. Um, so that's why they said that. And Fonjo believes that the coins were hidden by refugees that were sheltering in the area. He said that it's a reflection of the social and political instability that came with the fall of Rome and all the arrival of the different groups of barbarians that came with them to Northern Spain. So now after the coins have been cleaned, they'll be put on display at the Archaeological Museum of the Asturias. And the dig director, Fonjul, he'll also carry out more excavations at the site. So he said that they've already taken out the first deposit, but there might be more to, more in there. and. It's already the largest Roman hoard recovered from inside a cave in Spain. He mentioned that it's a unique moment that you dream about from a young age. And it, it's so exceptional that you never really think about it or you don't think you'll have this mo type of moment as an archaeologist. He also thinks that further excavations will improve our understanding of the fall of the Roman Empire and the rise of medieval kingdoms in northern Spain. He said that we think it's an ideal site to learn more about the people that were living through this transition. 
So I think that's kind of interesting how even the simplest of archaeological finds, like just coins, they can help archaeologists and historians kind of piece together history so much and really understand what happened all those years ago. So yeah, that's thoughts? yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I genuinely thought that the badger was actually leading them to the coins purposefully. <laughs> I don't know why. Like it was trained? Yeah, it was trained to like sniff out coins. But maybe it was drawn by the gold, you know, and wanted to be there because it saw sparkly and shiny things. It kind of reminds me of like how like I guess in mythology, dragons hoard. And I'm like, what if this badger mm -hmm. was hoarding these coins? Yeah. Well, you know, they always say honey badger don't care, but this badger cared about gold. Apparently so. Yeah, also I think it's funny how animals see these things and they're like, oh, shiny. And they're like, oh, weird material. And then we like go crazy for it. Yeah. I was like, wow, how, how relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this badger didn't even realize it uncovered a piece of history for humans yeah really. or maybe it did maybe it's like we there's a secret animal universe we don't know about uh, do y'all remember that story of el dorado yeah wait the movie or just the general story like the general story of like mm -hmm. yeah well why don't you refresh us on it um long story short when like the conquistadors came to the americas there was the obviously a lot of them came in uh, following the steps of this one famous one called cortez because he like brought back a bunch of gold and stuff so a lot of people wanted to be like him and like find their own gold so people would come and then like there would be a rumor that there was a city of gold you just have to like explore it like find it mm -hmm. but i feel like and this is just my speculation right that like indigenous people made up that lie so who um conquistadors would like go away and not bother them like mm -hmm. you know just send them on a wild goose chase because mm -hmm. there was a story i think it was by this one conquistador called called coronado mm -hmm. where he went to this like tribe and was like yo where's the city of gold and nobody knew nobody knew and then eventually he found someone that did he's like okay i'll tell you and he just led them somewhere random and then once he was they were far away from the village like oh i really don't know i just wanted y'all to get away from my like tribe mm. uh from if i remember clearly he did not have a happy ending but you know anyway the point of me saying all this is that, oh, maybe like animals actually know where it is and it's like run by them. Yeah. This, there's like a, they have a whole secret committee and a schedule of when do we lead the humans to the treasure? <laughs> yeah. They're hoarding all the gold. Yeah. And slowly letting it into the macro. Yeah. Because they want to control the flow of information, you know, that we humans get. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this could be a movie as well. 
Yeah, I see it. Disney, get on it. <laughs> this, is, this will be our sequel to our first movie about how America starts returning all their stolen, uh, stolen art, and it breaks all of these curses. Oh yeah. This will be the sequel. Exactly. Yeah. But Tika, I think it was really interesting as well that you mentioned this really gave us more perspective on the refugees that were in the area and what it meant for the period Rome was falling and the barbarians coming through Northern Spain. I feel like mm -hmm. we actually don't hear that much about that time period. Yeah, I. my world history, like, knowledge sucks now, but... I don't really, yeah, I don't really remember much about that time period either. I think, I don't know, the way I feel like we learned world history was like we would look at just chunks of the world and then go through like a whole thousand year history or so for that region. Especially like if it wasn't Western, it wasn't part of the Western world, it was like Native Americans here in the Americas or like anywhere else that was in Europe or later on the United States um, we would just look at like cool time periods for them and then I don't know half the time I feel like we didn't really kind of make the connection that like oh while all of this was going on and I mentioned this before on other episodes while all of this was going on in this one place at this time all of this other stuff was also going on on the other side of the world so I think um, art really helps us kind of make those connections at times. Like they're saying 200 to 400 BC. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if what I'm saying, trying to say it is making any sense. I feel like I do this a lot. I just ramble and then use my train of thought. Yeah, no, that, that makes, yeah, that's, yeah, that's so true. We've talked about that before. You know, it's hard for us to see the larger picture because the way the curriculum was set up for us. I think the other mm -hmm. thing is when we talked about the fall of Rome, it was always like, oh, it became the holy Western Roman Empire and the Byzantine, right? Mm -hmm. And then we didn't really ever talk about the people. I think that is actually something we missed a lot from uh, world history was just talking about how were the daily people living and I actually think this these gold pieces gives us a better idea of what it meant for just the normal Romans that Rome fell right mm. for them to have to be refugees and have to I mean this is in Spain like this is almost the outer edges of the empire at this point right mm. so what does it mean for them to be so far from central command and you know, have to be on the front lines with barbarians coming through, have to protect themselves and live through a tumultuous time. And that's not something we talked about. We just said the government fell apart. Now they're split into two. And then the Western part quickly fell into the dark ages. And that was sort of the end there. Mm -hmm. So I think it is really good insight on how we're regular people living. And I think that's what the other amazing part of art is. It's just giving us a peek into what people were thinking about and what 
they thought was important or how they were living amidst all the large political movement that was happening, right? I mean, at the end of the day, those are the people we relate to the most, right? We don't relate to Julius Caesar or any Roman empire who, or emperor who's making decisions for our nation. We relate to the people who are suffering from the plague, right? Maybe that's a little too on the nose, but... <laughs> Or the people who, you know, had to become refugees. Or we relate to the farmer who wrote in his Mesopotamian tablet about how another farmer is cheating him out of grain. <laughs> you know, not the not the widespreading ideals of of policy and policy decisions. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, if we had learned more about how the everyday person lives, it would have definitely helped us um, just get a better understanding of maybe world history as a whole. I know people, or most people hated that class. Most people hated the teacher too. And I mean, I really liked both. Like the teacher was, I loved the teacher. I'm really sad he left after that year. Um, and I loved world history. It was probably one of my top favorite classes of high school. So, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think history I think, yeah. is fascinating because it just gives you such a great view as to why the world is the way it is now, right? Or mm -hmm. gives you so much insight on how people in the past thought about things. Um, and a lot of what their actions do impact the way we live today, right? We're not, mm -hmm. the Americas aren't the America, or the U.S. is not the U.S. if it wasn't for this, the Spanish leaders wanting to be competitive with Portugal and sending Columbus this way, right? Mm -hmm. It would have been a different story if somebody else found the Americas first, or when the Vikings came, they decided to colonize. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it, I don't know. I would love to go back and take more history classes. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Especially knowing now, like, I feel like we're older, we're, we, under, we just understand the world more. So, or I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it'd be interesting to go back, take some history classes. Like, even like live through the same one, I think we would have a much different perspective on everything that we learned. Yeah. I mean, I also think it would have been different because now we're not concerned about our grades as much as we used oh, to. Oh, yeah. It would just and be... I worked so hard in that class. <laughs> yeah, that was a... I don't think I even, yeah, I didn't get university <laughs> credit for it either. But... Oh, really? Yeah, not not for world history. I did for U.S. history, so. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I feel like I probably still know more than people who, like, also did well on that test and used it for credit. I don't know. Maybe that's just too, like, too arrogant of me <laughs> to say. <laughs> I mean, certainly, I feel like that class had a large impact on me. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would have taken as many history classes in college if not for that specific class and that specific teacher. Yeah, I wish I had taken more, like, or any history classes in college, but. Yeah. What a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I would totally go back and redo my college experience, but, you know, that's another story for another time. Well, again, Tika, you know, your history influences who you are now. I don't know if it's comfortable. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope that's uh, like in a good way, but I guess only also time will tell. Yeah. Okay, so this episode we talked about badgers being secret treasure hunters and how they led a group of archaeologists to a whole horde of Roman coins from a certain time from the late Roman time period. And these archaeologists say that these coins will definitely help them understand um, what, what all happened at the time, like the social and political instability. So, and all, yeah, all the different groups of people that were moving there, the refugees and things like that. So, yeah. All right. You're ready for the sign off? Yeah, take us home. Mm-hmm. All right. As always, if you have any stories you'd like us to cover, email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, all under Art Drama Lama. And lastly, thank you for joining us. And we hope you can continue looking beyond the galleries with you all until next time. Bye, Lamas. Bye. Bye. Bye.